You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's show is presented by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On today's show, it is NFL Draft Day where anywhere from 10 to 15 SEC guys could hear their names called during tonight's first round. We're going to catch up with NFL draft analyst Tony Pauline as he'll discuss several of the SEC guys to keep an eye on tonight and throughout the weekend. Also, SEC media days. The dates are announced for July. We'll tell you what coaches are speaking on what days. And we'll go around the conference as LSU announces they are opening up 100% for all outdoor sports this weekend. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the Around the conference. I mentioned it is NFL Draft Day. As we mentioned, could be anywhere from 10 guys, 12 guys, 15 SEC guys could hear their names called during the first round tonight. Of course, the SEC saw a record 15 guys from the Southeastern Conference in the first round of last year's NFL Draft, including five from uh, national champion LSU. Alabama expected to have five guys drafted in their first round tonight, which would tie the record of LSU. The uh, Southeastern Conference yesterday announced the uh, appearance schedule for their first an- or their annual football media days set to take place July 19th through the 22nd. It'll return to the Hyatt Regency Birmingham uh, Winfrey Hotel in Hoover, Alabama, as previously planned. The Winfrey Hotel has been the site of the signature event 18 times in the last 19 occurrences. SEC Media Days, of course, was canceled last year due to COVID. The event was last held July 2019, also in Hoover. A more detailed schedule will come very soon. We, of course, will be there, Locked on SEC, bringing you full coverage, including uh, great interviews and everything else. But here's how the schedule will break out starting Monday, November, uh, Monday, July 19th. will be Florida head coach Dan Mullen. LSU head coach Ed Ogeron, South Carolina new head coach Shane Beamer. On Tuesday that week, it'll be Kirby Smart from Georgia, Mark Stoops from Kentucky, Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, and Josh Heupel from Tennessee. Then on Wednesday, the big dog Nick Saban will be there along with Mike Leach from Mississippi State, Texas A&M's Jimbo Fisher, and new Vanderbilt head coach Clark Lee. And Thursday, rounding things out, will be Arkansas coach Sam Pittman, new Auburn coach Brian Harson, and Missouri coach Eli Drinkwitz. So that will be a lot of fun, and we look forward to uh, being there in just a handful of weeks. July will be here before we know it. During an appearance on the uh, Paul Feinbaum show yesterday, Georgia head coach Kirby Smart talked about uh, the types of games that the Georgia fan base just loves to see and wants to see on an annual basis, and that includes them open, opening the season with the Clemson Tigers. Smart said on Feinbaum, it's a rivalry game. You go poll your fan base, which is really the most important thing. You look at your alumni base, and you say, what do you guys want? And they say these kinds of games. They want this game year in and year out. That's probably the same for Clemson. I think Dabo would tell you the same thing. It's a great opportunity to go out and play a really good program and open your season that way. Look, the, the game will... Most likely not make or break either Clemson or Georgia's season. 
but it just gives you such great ammunition to start the year to go out and say, Georgia with JT Daniels, we beat Clemson. Or on the flip side, Clemson with DJ Uyagalele replacing Trevor Lawrence at quarterback to beat a really good Georgia team would be a feather in their cap as well. So it'd be a fun game, even though you know Georgia's season's not over if they lose that game. Some news to share from uh, Baton Rouge. As LSU announced yesterday, all outdoor sporting events will return to 100% capacity effective immediately. News comes on the heels of their governor announcing that they are uh, opening up all outdoor sporting events. And uh, in addition to that news, LSU announced masks will no longer be required at LSU sporting events held outdoors and normal tailgating activities can resume. That news comes as Arkansas's top-ranked baseball team is scheduled to travel for L- to LSU this weekend for a series. The first pitch is scheduled for 6 p.m. Central on Friday, 6.30 Central start on Saturday, and a 2 p.m. Central start on Sunday. That is going to be uh, really interesting to see what kind of crowds LSU has because we already know that they're so good at uh, packing Alec Box Stadium and if they can open up 100% and tailgating is allowed, it's going to be a rocking, raucous atmosphere, a very hostile atmosphere for Arkansas to go into this weekend. And on the heels of that, some news from Atlanta as Mercedes-Benz Stadium announced they will soon be returning to 100% capacity. The home stadium for the Atlanta Falcons in the annual SEC Championship game is set to return to full capacity May 15th when their uh, MLS soccer team will be in action, but in case you are unaware, Alabama is set to play Miami in the 2021 season opener on Saturday, September 4th. So good news there for Alabama fans. They'll be able to pack the stadium for that game. Uh, in college football news, Tennessee, they've landed their uh, quarterback for the 2022 recruiting cycle. Four-star Indiana prospect Taven Jackson officially committed to the Volunteers. He is from Center Grove High School. He announced his commitment to Josh Heupel yesterday. He was the her- third highest rated uncommitted quarterback prospect in the country. Six foot four, 195 pounds, the number 18 pro style passer in the country. He's scheduled to officially visit Tennessee in early June after the NCAA recruiting dead period comes to an end. He committed to Tennessee over offers from Auburn, Florida, Ole Miss, South Carolina, among others. Tennessee holds three commitments for 2022. Jackson joins three-star Florida defensive end Vincent Sneed and three-star linebacker out of the state of Tennessee, Elijah Herring. Over at Texas A&M, after missing all of last season and after suffering an injury in fall camp, Cameron Buckley, wide receiver, has now entered the NCAA transfer portal. Just days after the Aggies wrapped up spring practice in College Station, Buckley made his decision just days after true freshman receiver and early enrollee Shadrick Banks had already decided to enter the transfer portal. But during his three seasons in College Station, Buckley caught 62 passes for almost 900 yards and four touchdowns. He made this, if he made the decision to leave A&M, regardless of where he ends up, he will be immediately eligible his next school as he will be leaving as a grad transfer. So some surprising news there. Cameron Buckley, a guy that uh, we figured would be one of the main wide receivers for AM next season in the transfer portal along with Shadrick Banks. And one other guy joining them in the portal last night, safety Derek Tucker is the latest AM player entering transfer portal. 
Tucker did uh, opt out of the 2020 season, signed with the Aggies in the class of 2017, was a four-star safety out of the state of Texas. Played in 21 games over the 2017-2018 seasons, but appeared in just four games in 2019. Over the uh, first two seasons, he recorded 82 tackles and an interception. There is some good news for the Texas A&M Aggies, though, as their defensive coordinator, Mike Elko, reportedly has no plans to leave College Station. His name was being thrown around for the head coaching opening at Kansas ever since they let Les Miles go. But uh, Elko's name was uh, floated out there for the job, and according to Matt Zenitz of AL.com, Elko will stay at AM. He's been a member of Jimbo Fisher's staff since 2018. Last year, the Aggie defense allowed only 21 points per game and ranked third in the SEC behind Bama and Georgia. And one basketball note, also at AM, so much AM news. Uh, Buzz Williams' group picked up a big pickup via the transfer portal yesterday. Former Duke forward Henry Coleman announced his commitment to the Aggies via his Twitter account. He was the number 55 overall prospect in all of college basketball last year. Uh, played 19 games during his freshman season at Duke. So Henry Coleman from Duke, a big pickup for the Aggies. And that is around the conference. When we return, we're going to talk all things NFL draft with Tony Pauline. Stay with us. Need to remind you guys about rockauto.com. Anything you need for your vehicle, whether it's new wipers, uh, need your carpet clean, need just wipes to wipe down your car, whatever it is, you can get it. At rockauto.com, they are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If everything that you need, their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose from the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. And the prices at rockauto.com always reliably low. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts at the uh, local auto parts store? Look, go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. And make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. It is an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. remind you guys real quick tonight the locked on podcast network is partnering with the draft network to cover the nfl draft live and get insight and analysis from locked on local experts and our national experts at draft network subscribe to the locked on nfl youtube page three days of live coverage starting tonight with the nfl draft join us now a guy we have talked for years when it's all things NFL Draft, one of the best out there. He's been doing this for a long time. NFL Draft Analyst at ProFootballNetwork.com and also part of the Believe Podcast Network. He is Tony Pauline. Mr. Pauline, thank you so much for joining us. I know this is a busy time of year for you. Thanks for having me. And, yes, it's, it's getting crazy. It's getting <laughs> crazier, even though uh, you know there's a dearth of talent in this year's draft because of uh, the 50-year uh, or the, the second senior season option given by the NCAA. But it's always crazy. Well, let, let's start here because the one name that I think it's been trending on Twitter for the past two weeks, and it's crazy how this guy shot up everybody's draft board so quickly, but Mac Jones from Alabama, uh, it, it never ceases to amaze me, Tony, that th- these guys, we haven't played a game in months, yet all these guys are rising and falling and all this. Where are you on Mac Jones right now? Uh, I like Mac Jones. I think he's a very good quarterback. But when you compare him to the top five, he's number five on my board. I don't think uh, he's worth the third pick of the draft. I don't think 
that the Niners are going to select him with the third pick of the draft. I said that two weeks ago on my uh, podcast with Trey Wingo. Took a lot of grief for it. I mean, Mac Jones is a guy who was a terrific field general. Did a great job last season for Alabama. I thought he was the beneficiary of the great talent around him, but then he went to the Senior Bowl and proved that he is a real good, viable quarterback. He's a real uh, field general, very accurate. Doesn't have the great physical skills. More of a guy that, that commands and, and controls the offense rather than is going to drive the team down the field with long vertical passes. Uh, but I would agree with you. I, I think what happens at this time of year is you get a lot of people who start covering the draft once the Super Bowl's over. Somebody will say one thing and then everyone follows along. I've gone against, I've bucked the trend. Mac Jones is my number five quarterback, and I don't think he's worth the third pick of the draft. It's amazing, too, Tony, because I remember hearing at the Senior Bowl, uh, Matt Rule was raving about him. Oh, first guy in, last guy out, team leader. Oh, he says all the right things. He's he's watching film and all this. And it's just funny because that's a part of the game. I mean, we can watch film all day and see the X's and O's on this guy, but it feels like a lot of execs and coaches and GMs are won over by the, the intangible, the stuff off the field, and you, know, you can charm them with a handshake and a smile sometimes, right? You've got to remember, the Senior Bowl is really one of the first events. In fact, this year, it's the only event, scouting event, where coaches and team personnel outside of area scouts have hands-on interaction with the players. So when they see a guy like Mac Jones leading the offense at the Senior Bowl, which he did and did well, when they see players gravitating towards him, that bodes well for that player. So, you know, you're exactly right. Then again, you know, the other point is you're talking about young kids, and we expect this to be part of the game. And sometimes when you're 21, 22, 20 years old and things come easily to you, you've got to learn to uh, pay attention to detail, which Mac Jones does very well. It's crazy, Tony. I watched majority of Florida's games this year, and I was just wowed by Kyle Pitts. I mean, he is a freak athlete. And then you hear people and talk with people, and they say, look, a tight end is great to have, but you don't take him top five in the draft. Is Kyle Pitts in that unique territory in your mind? Absolutely. I mean, he's number four on my draft board right now. I think uh, he could go number four if the Atlanta Falcons can't move that selection. He is basically a 245-pound receiver in a tight end's body. You know, you, you said when you watched Kyle Pitts, you were amazed by what he did, and you were just basically taken back by his play. What I say is, watch who he did it against. Right. Because if you watch that SEC title game, he was going man against man against Patrick Sertain, the top cornerback in this year's draft, and he beat Patrick Sertain. The South Carolina game, man against, man to man against J.C. Horn, who I have rated as a top-ten player, beat J.C. Horn. The Georgia game, he was beating all the Georgia DBs, and Georgia has three defensive backs that are going to be top 100 picks. So it's not just what he did, in my opinion, it's who he did it against. The two guys you just mentioned, Sertain and, and J.C. Horn, obviously two uh, legacies. Their fathers both played in the NFL for a long time. Both are elite talents. If you're the Cowboys and you're sitting there at 10 and both guys are available, which way are you going? That's uh, a good one. I, I, I don't think you can lose with either one. I, I mean, Patrick Sertain is rated higher on my board, but it wouldn't surprise me if two or three years down the road – J.C. Horn turns out to be the better player because his, his game took a monumental leap in 2020. Patrick Sertain was a good player all three years he was at Alabama. J.C. Horn was solid in 2019. He was spectacular last year. I, I mean, and the thing I love about J.C. Horn, the edge he has over Patrick Sertain is 
his ability to make plays with his back to the ball. He gets his head back around. He tracks the pass in the air. He positions himself to defend or intercept throws. Doesn't do a lot of face guarding, which is often a problem with college cornerbacks. Patrick Sertain doesn't do a lot of face guarding, but he does more face guarding than J.C. Horn, which to me is a concern. Tony, it's uh, it's amazing how the NFL has evolved. It used to be when it came to receivers, man, we love that six four, six five guy who's a matchup nightmare. We could throw the fade to him in the in the red zone and all that. But this year, you look at smaller guys, Devontae Smith, and you know uh, Amari Rogers from Clemson, and maybe Kadarius Tony. I see like a lot of smaller guys. Yet these are all guys ranked very high on people's draft boards. Do you think maybe the NFL is just becoming, man, if this guy's a possession guy, he's going to catch everything we throw him. Who cares about how tall he is? I, I mean, I guess, but, you know, whether it's receiver, whether it's quarterback, whether it's even linebacker, I, I mean, the NFL has seemed to go from uh, a situation where, you know, rather than having these big, strong guys that can just physically pummel you, we're going to go with the smaller, quick, speedy guys that can get from point A to point B quicker than everyone else, get open or, or get the free shot at the uh, – at the ball handler. So that's the way it seems to be going. And you're absolutely right. Listen, all you got to do is look at the Big 12. The Hakeem Butlers of the world and the little Jordan Humphreys, the guys who were 6'3", 220 pounds, and physically beat everybody down and look great on film on Saturday. But those skills don't necessarily translate all that well to the next level because you can't separate from the Patrick Sertains or the J.C. Horns of the world. So that's why they like these smaller, quicker guys who can separate through speed or route running. More with Tony Pauline right after this. There is no better time than right now to sign up at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online, but this week, tons of sports action going on. The NFL draft is on tonight. You can bet on that, you can bet on the Kentucky Derby. Uh, that's back this weekend. First leg of the Triple Crown begins on Saturday. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, all at betonline.ag. Before the next pitch, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contact contest information. You can join right now if you use the uh, promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. Head over to their website on your mobile device. Sign up today, and you will receive a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game. As tons of prop bets tonight for the NFL draft. Bet online. They are your online sportsbook experts. Quick reminder to subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page tonight to watch our uh, three days of live coverage of the NFL draft going tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday. Locked On NFL on YouTube. Continue our conversation with Tony Pauline, NFL draft analyst at ProFootballNetwork.com and also part of the Believe Podcast Network. Tony, uh, when it comes to receiver, Jamar Chase from LSU is a guy who Expects to hear his name called very early. We'll see Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle from Alabama as well. But how much concern do you have for those guys who missed a year and sat out this season? I mean, we see them at the pro days and they look good and all, but should we be concerned about those guys who missed a year of ball? Well, some of them look good. Gregory Rousseau of Miami of Florida, who had one great season in 2019, opted out uh, 2020. He didn't do all that well 
at his pro day, especially next to his uh, teammate Jalen Phillips, who who really knocked it out of the park after having a great year. I think it's is there should be concern. It's got to be part of the conversation, and you've got to come to some sort of compromise as to you know why did the guy. Uh, opt out, how did he do with his pro day, what does his past film look like, does he have a big body of work, you know, it's not just did he have a great season in 2019, how was he in 2018, so I, I don't want it, concern is a bit steep for me, but I think it's a situation where it's got to be part of the conversation. When we talk about some of the other guys from the SEC expected to go in the first round, I liked Aziz Ojolari a lot at Georgia this year, what did you see on film from him? Forget about just this year. Again, go back in 2019. If you follow me over the summer uh, and my work at Pro Football Network, when I do my summer previews on the pro prospects, as far as Georgia was concerned, I said he was going to be a big-time prospect. He was going to be an early pick. And he showed terrific development in his game. He was a better player in 2020 than he was in 2019. He plays with his athletic numbers, had a good pro day workout. He's not a guy that just rushes up the field. He's a guy that can make, turn and make plays in space. He gets out in pursuit. He can drop in the coverage. He can do a lot of different things. He is, in my opinion, the top three, four outside linebacker in this year's draft. Some people will say Micah Parsons. I like Parsons better as a four, three linebacker. But I, I like Ojolari because, number one, he's, he's hitting his stride. He's had two good seasons, one which was better than the next, and he's got a high upside. Jamin Davis from Kentucky is a guy who's climbed up people's draft boards uh, since the season ended. Um, you go back and watch the film on him. I mean, the, this guy's everywhere. What do you like about Jamin Davis, and do you think he is a first-rounder now? You know, I would grade him more as a second-rounder, but I'm hearing uh, it's, absolute, it's almost absolute now. He's going to go in the first round, especially after that pro day. And you're right. I mean, what do I like about him? I mean, the guy is around the ball, in pursuit, chasing down ball handlers, Good instincts, plays with a nasty attitude, really looks to viciously attack opponents. Doesn't, uh, he's not really a three-down guy at this point in time. Needs to improve his ball skills, but he's got good size, he's got good speed, and he may be a bit of a late bloomer, someone who where the light has finally gone on. He's got a decent amount of upside. If you're an NFL team, you're on a pro-style offense, and you get into the late third, maybe early fourth, and you want a backup quarterback or a quarterback to groom, and you've got Kyle Trask and Kellen Mond both available, which one are you going? Well, I'd be surprised if both of those guys are available in the fourth round. But, uh, I, I mean, if you're running a pro-style offense, I like Kyle Trask, but I can understand why people would like Kellamon because Kellamon has much more upside than Kyle Trask. And what I mean is he's got a stronger arm. He's more mobile. He's more of what you want in today's uh, quarterback in, that, in the sense that he's an RPO type of quarterback, run-pass option type of quarterback. <laughs> 20 years ago, I think Kyle Trask, gets consideration in the first round of the draft. But because he's a bigger, more immobile guy, he's going to fall down draft boards. I think both guys are real good quarterbacks. I think Mond, with his physical skills, his arm, uh, has a bit more upside. Just got to learn to look off the primary receiver a little bit sooner. Is there a guy from the SEC in your mind, Tony, that nobody's talking about that you look at and say, man, that's a diamond in the rough? I think one guy who... Kind of, people have kind of fallen off of, and I'm, I know I'm going to butcher his last name, is the uh, Vanderbilt defensive end. Well, there's two guys from Vanderbilt, actually. Deo Adeyingbo, maybe you can help me out there. Yeah, Adeyingbo, I think is how you say it. There you go. See, I'm not the only one who butchers last name. There you go. But, I mean, he is a terrific player, and he has been a terrific player. He's big, he's explosive, he's athletic. 
Unfortunately, hurt his Achilles in the lead-up to uh, uh, Pro Day training, which is going to hurt his draft stock. Actually, the lead-up to the Senior Bowl because he was supposed to be there. If he gets back to health, I, I think he's, uh, he's a guy that can play in a 3-4, 4-3. I, I love his game. I love his upside. He's got to get back to health. And he has a teammate by the name of Andre Mintz, who I think is really being overlooked. 6'2 and a half, 248 pounds, ran in the 4-7s at his Pro Day, primarily stood up over tackle at Vanderbilt, rushed the passer, He's a stout guy, very strong at the point. You know, kind of took a back seat to Dale, but he was a guy who consistently made plays, was consistently getting, getting penetration. I don't know that he's going to get drafted, but I think he's going to make somebody, some team's roster next year. Last one for you, Tony. There's a lot of good linebackers that played in the SEC this year, but a lot of them with question marks. Just how will they translate to the next level? Some dealing with injuries and all this. But I gave if I gave you the grouping of Nick Bolton and Dylan Moses, Jabril Cox, Monty Rice, uh, KJ Britt, who do you like of those of that group? Today, I like Jabril Cox. If he gets back to where he was in 2018, I'm going to go with Dylan Moses. So I mean, Dylan Moses. You watch him back in 2018, the guy looks like a top 15 choice. Had the injury which kept him out of 2019. <clears throat> Didn't make a lot of plays this year, but I think that was more scheme. He was basically asked to play discipline assignment football, which he did a good job of. Now, you know, depending on how his medicals turn out, I think Dylan Moses really could be a steal in the draft after the 45th pick. I also like Jabril Cox. He's not your typical pass rusher. He's more of your traditional 4-3 outside, 3-down linebacker that is a good run defender, real good in pursuit, gets depth on his pass drops, and can play in coverage on 3rd and 6 when the ball's in the air. So both of those guys I like a lot. I, but, again, with, with Moses, it's a question mark of can he get back to where he was in 2018. Tony, we really appreciate your time. Let our listeners know what you got up at ProFootballNetwork.com this week. Oh, we got tons of stuff at Pro Football Network. We will have uh, 750 scouting reports posted. There is a free uh, draft guide that you can download, and we have the draft simulator, which seems to get people addicted to. I don't <laughs> use it until uh, right before the draft because I got too much work to do. But people seem uh, once you start, you can't stop with that draft simulator. Tony Pauline, thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. That's Tony Pauline. Been doing it for a long time, and uh, you know it's funny. I, every year, I always bring this up. I I go back years ago. I had Tony on my uh, on my show about 15 years ago, and he was talking all things NFL draft with us. And uh, the guy's been doing it for a long time and uh, grinds more than anybody out there. Really, really appreciate him coming on. Tony Pauline on Twitter at Tony Pauline, NFL draft analyst at ProFootballNetwork.com, and of course. Uh, his podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network, does a, uh, a great job there. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Thanks to uh, Tony Pauline talking all things SEC players in the NFL draft. We really appreciate, appreciate him for coming on with us. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow for more discussion here on Locked on SEC. You don't want to miss it. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.